everyone struggles with confidence and low self-esteem. When I auditioned for my first team and didn't make it, I didn't believe in myself at all. I went into the audition with zero confidence. I didn't think I would make it past the first round. I came in there thinking, oh my God, these girls are so much more beautiful than me. They have nicer bodies. They're more well-spoken. Their dancing is better. And then next thing you know, I make it to the final round and all these girls that I'm tripping about, they're not even there anymore. Growing up, I've always wanted to be liked, and I've always wanted to have a lot of friends, but me having that mindset attracted the wrong people, and now that I'm in a mindset where I just want respectful, honest, genuine people in my life, my circle is very small, and we all support each other, and we're there for each other, and I feel no type of toxicity. That's really what is like helping me excel in life right now. That was Tia, I'm Andrew, and this is the Unpretentious Podcast. Tia has the talent and has put in the work to become an NFL cheerleader soon after high school. She recently just graduated from college and is getting ready for a new career. One might think NFL cheerleader and assume Tia wouldn't relate to the struggles most people have, like being shy. Yet, when I asked her why she wanted to share her story on the podcast, here is her response. Growing up, I've been very shy not the typical shy where you're just timid. I was very shy to where I've always had trouble expressing myself. I never wanted to be in the spotlight. I couldn't speak without my voice shaking, sometimes even crying. And people who know me know I'm very soft-spoken. It's always been difficult for me. Over time, I've definitely tried to change and be that loud, outspoken type of girl that grabs everyone's attention just with their loud presence, but it's just honestly not in my personality. I think someone like me who isn't an open book is easier to judge because people tend to make their own assumptions about them because what they don't see or hear is what they don't know. So I thought going on a podcast would be perfect for me because it's definitely intimate and a great way to get to know me. I want listeners to know more of what I don't already broadcast on social media and I want listeners to see that I'm not just my Instagram photos, but someone of substance and intelligence and even quirkiness. And honestly, even having this for myself to look back to five to 10 years from now, like I'd love to listen and see how much I've grown. Well, you sound completely relaxed and you seem very articulate, but is that underneath the surface you're saying that's different or that's something you kind of grew out of? It's definitely something I've grown out of, but I know that part of me is always going to be 
I that's just my personality. Like I've always been very to myself, but I definitely think maturing and getting older, like you start to of course get more confident and you get to see a little bit more of who you are and be more comfortable in your own skin. And I'm definitely a better public speaker than I was. I remember when I took public speaking class, my voice was shaking all the time. And sometimes I even felt like crying, but being on the Rams and, and also I just recently graduated. Like I've been in school for the past five years. We've had many class projects, class presentations, and really that's helped me a lot. It's kind of like practice and kind of gets those nerves out of me. So I could definitely say like just growing up and going through more experiences has definitely changed that for me a bit. Were you as nervous about doing your cheerleading as you were public speaking? Or was that kind of an outlet where you could express yourself because it didn't involve words? I definitely think that dancing is 100% an outlet for people to express an alter ego in a way like I know so many girls who are shy and timid but when they put on their costume and perform on the stage they're a completely different girl and I think it's because dance is definitely a way for us to be confident and showcase our strengths maybe public speaking might not be your strength but dancing is and I feel like when you know you have that talent and you're happy to show it, that's when performance comes into play. And I definitely can see that also, like when I performed on stage, I am also a completely different person. It's probably because like, I love to dance and I've grown up training for it. And I know that I've trained to be a great dancer. And I know that it's more, really the feeling you know like when you're on stage you're being yourself and the spotlight's on you and you get your minute to shine and I think that's a big um, reason why dancers love to perform well I'm, I'm still trying to piece that together because I mean you're describing yourself as someone that you know some point in time was super shy you're more quiet and then it's like but how then are you able to say yes to this where that would be intimidating for a lot of people and for you it's you know perhaps even more so than most so where does your drive come from to get outside your comfort zone to even be willing to do this I did talk about me growing up and being shy and then obviously an NFL cheerleader you wouldn't think you're shy so I'll just explain the journey I am one of five siblings. That means a lot of personalities, a lot of fighting, but overall a very fun house. My brothers have always had some sort of extracurricular activity, and you can tell it definitely brought them out of their shell. So my mom decided to put me in dance at the age of seven, hoping that this would be my outlet. I saw it more of a hobby especially me being very shy. Like, I don't think I was ever excited to go to practice and I didn't mind being in the corner and not being seen. (laughs) I honestly even feel bad for my mom because she spent thousands of dollars in my (laughs) adolescent years, like to see me like that, you know, but (laughs) in the end, it all paid off. I ended up 
studio dancing, which means that you compete. And it definitely was a great experience and gave me long-lasting friendships and a solid foundation in dance. But it wasn't until I joined my high school POM team that I really took dance seriously. It's because on that team, I was really pushed to my limits. Like I had great coaches who saw potential in me. I was surrounded by great dancers that motivated me to be better. And that's where I saw the most growth. And being on a POM team is what gave me that true solid dance background that I think was the key to making a professional team. I'm sure people listening are like, what is POM? But POM is cheer and dance put together, which consists of like basic dance technique, like turns and leaps and kicks, but also brings in the cheer aspect, having sharpness and precision of the movement. So practicing, mastering all of that for four years in high school definitely prepared me for professional teams like this now. I ended up auditioning for Laker Girls, which is my dream. And right when I turned 18, I ended up making it to finals, but unfortunately wasn't accepted that year. And I contacted the director and asked for feedback and criticism. And after they gave me all that, I implemented those corrections to be better. And then the following year, I ended up auditioning for Rams and made it. It was the best thing that's happened to me so far. (laughs) Being shy, that's a personality trait. But when it comes to auditioning for teams like the Rams or Lakers, you can be the shyest girl, but it's really about work ethic and dedication and determination because if you want it, and you work hard towards getting it, there's a big chance that you might get it. I didn't let my, I guess, my timidness, and sometimes I even had low self-esteem. I didn't let that get in my way because I worked hard towards it, and I let that be known in the audition. And you, you mentioned, like, the hard work and, like, the process of tryouts. And for most people who haven't gone through that, like, I'm thinking of the Laker girls. And it's, like, usually you'll see, like, the pictures of those celebrities. And it's, like, the the female celebrities are looking at the Laker girls. Like, I'm, like, what are you doing dancing, like, next to my boyfriend? Do you think the average person, like, has any respect or understanding? Because it, it seems like, well, you just, like you're saying, it's, it just seems like you get pom-poms on and you go out there and that's all it takes. Like, how, how inaccurate is that? And then what's it actually like? that statement right there just makes me so mad (laughs) because like that's just the biggest misconception about professional cheerleaders it's just oh you're just a beautiful girl in a beautiful uniform and Mm -hmm. there's so much more that comes into it and there's so much more substance in all of these girls this is a great experience for us but we have other lives outside of it. We're students, we're teachers, we're actresses, we have master's degrees. There's just so much intelligence and professionalism outside of what people just see. We're all very ambitious. We have goals. We have a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. There's just a lot people don't know. That's why I'm really happy to go on this podcast because that way people who are listening and if you didn't know that about us, now you know. And a big part of the job is 
public speaking and being in the community and making connections and networking. That's why in the audition process, the interview is pretty much one of the biggest factors in if you make it or not. I was so nervous my first year because, of course, my voice is all shaking and I sound like I'm about to cry. But I think the great thing is that the directors just want to see genuineness. You don't have to be this loud girl who's just super confident. And if they can see that you're very kind and you're positive and you're genuine, that goes a long way also. Walk me through that tryout process, because obviously, like when you're saying they care about those things, but how how demanding is the skill level in terms of dance? And then it's like, what's kind of the different stages of which you go throughout the tryouts in order? I mean, mm-hmm. is, is, is a cheerleader just a person who has the kindest personality or is it kind of a combination of qualities or what, what makes a good cheerleader? Yeah, um, it's definitely being the whole package. And when I say package, I'm sure people think appearance, but a lot of it is who you are inside and what makes you you and so yeah, the audition process, it's really different, pretty much is different, depending on what the director wants. From my experience, there's always just been a preliminary round, a couple rounds where you learn dance routines and perform it in front of the judges, and then you have a final round, and then you also have interviews if you are a finalist. Um, usually the process takes about one to two weeks. There's about 200 to 400 girls there. We're basically competing for the same spot. So that's definitely nerve wracking. That's why there's a lot of preparation that comes into it. If you do want to audition for a team, you're usually like well aware of when it is. So let's say it's in July or March, you would most likely know that and would probably start getting yourself ready and preparing many months prior, whether that be getting your body in shape or just seeing your dance skills or whatever else that may be. If the stereotypical image of a cheerleader is all I ever do is see you on TV or at the stadium, and in my mind, I'm thinking that's your full-time job, that's all you have to do, and it's only for like three hours on Sunday or whenever it is, like that seems super easy, and I think you only got the job because you look a certain way because I don't know anything about dance, and I think you're just moving your pom-poms around. If, if, that's, if that's someone's perspective on cheerleading, it's like how, how inaccurate is that? What's the actual reality? Is, is that all you do for a full-time job? And is, you know, just, can you help correct those misconceptions? What we usually tell people that say that is that with Rams, it is a part-time job. So we do have a life outside of cheerleading. On Sundays, we'll have a home game and we don't travel to away games. So it's nice because we would have home games maybe every other weekend, sometimes on a Monday, sometimes on a Thursday. But other than that, we only practice um, like twice a week for two hours. And that's really manageable. I was able to be a full-time student doing that. My other girlfriends were able to have a full-time career, full-time job. They were able to do many other things. And it's really a blessing because 
you get to be this NFL cheerleader as well. What are some of the experiences of being an NFL cheerleader? Like, were you traveling around to different places? What did it being an NFL cheerleader allow you to do that otherwise would have been hard to experience in life? One thing I love is, first, being able to be on a team with this many women. The great thing is, I was always the youngest on the team, and being around older women who are successful and established and are very wise. I am who I surround myself with. So just that alone was great for me because I matured way faster. I definitely feel like I had great role models to look up to. So I definitely just changed, I guess, my way of living and quality of life. At 21, 22, all my friends from high school are still mm. drinking and partying and going to the club. And then for me, it's like, I would rather just relax and <laughs> sip wine and read a book, you know, I'm like, that's not a problem. Like, I just feel like I have, I guess, other priorities. And then, yeah, we traveled, we traveled to Hawaii, London. Some of my teammates went to Korea and Mexico. So it's nice that, I don't think I would have ever gone to London if I wasn't on Rams. See any reason to go there, but being on Rams, like they give us all these opportunities and it's awesome because I consider my teammates mm. my best friends and my sisters. So we're basically just like experiencing this life together. You went to London and that's that's because the NFL is playing games over in London. Was that any different than being in America? The chilling part is the same. I just think the fan base is different because in London, they don't have American football out there. So when we did bring NFL to London, they were all very excited. And it's funny because in the stands, you'd think that the jerseys in the stands would either be teams that are playing at that game, but they were wearing jerseys from like all over like Packers, Steelers, sometimes even basketball jerseys. Like, I think they were just happy that we brought American mm. sports there. It was just a great way to, like, bring people together. The stadium is always full whenever it's the game mm -hmm. outside of the country or Hawaii. It's just nice to have them host the game. Did you ever do anything with the troops, the community? How often was being a cheerleader? Like, were there any experiences that were fun, just not in the stadium, but still part of being a cheerleader? Big part of the job is our promotional events and community events and volunteering. We've done playground builds for schools in less fortunate cities. I've visited children at Chalk, the Chalk Hospital. I've visited patients at St. Jude's where we make gifts for them and give it to the patients. I've done many meal packs for the homeless and those in need. I've even done a segment on Fox News. There's just so much that I could name. I love it too because I remember whenever they'd give us um, emails for these promotional events, like I would always be excited because they were all so different and diverse, but 
they all had a common goal of giving back to the community and they're all really fun I have a lot of pictures from all my events and I definitely remember being in those moments and what I felt being in those moments. What's it like either going into a children's hospital or some sort of army base? What are they kind of expecting from you? Or is it like, well, what are you doing here? Or what, what, is, what does someone think when a cheerleader walks in? Like, I mean, you're representing the Rams, but what is, what's that like? For the army bases, I think that they love having us there because it shows that we support them and they're always around the same people every day. So it's nice to see new faces and we thank them for their service and even having small conversations with them and taking pictures with them, it goes a long way. And some of them are even from Los Angeles. So it's nice to bring a little piece of home to them. And as far as any type of volunteering event where we're giving back or meeting people, I think that they don't even have to know we're Rams cheerleaders. It's just more like seeing how excited we are to see them. Mm -hmm. We have our pom-poms and we're smiling and we're asking them how they are and how's their day and just asking them questions, especially being in a hospital or sometimes they don't get people to talk to them and they don't have any form of communication or being a patient like you don't get many visitors so it's nice to see a bright face and a bright smile and we always have gifts for them or we'll have signed poster cards it's nice having something personalized for them and making those connections with people because even I remember it so I know for a fact that they remember it and when you're saying like you're going through the tryouts and there's an interview process, that's partly what they're trying to determine because for a lot of people, it might seem awkward to go into a hospital and try to you know interact with someone who's sick or a military base or homeless and I'm dressed up. For a lot of people, that might be hard to handle and that's part of what being a cheerleader is that most people won't think of. A part of the job is being very personable and versatile in like many different settings because one day you'll be talking to little kids one day you'll be holding a baby, one day you'll be talking to elderly, one day like you'll even mm. encounter rude people. You just have to be able to handle different situations. It's not even acting. Mm-hmm. We're normal girls. We have normal lives and how we act at promos is just really who we are. We're happy people. We're excited to see you. We're genuinely nice and kind and professional. So that's definitely something they look for upon the hiring process. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful because, I mean, it it makes sense when you think about it. But I think when, at least for me, when you don't think about it, it's, I guess, you get this idea of a cheerleader in your head. And it doesn't include all of those things. It's It's something very simple and not accurate. I mean, that's part of why you're on here is like, do you feel like the label of NFL cheerleader kind of overshadows your personality where people, if they don't know you, they already have all these assumptions about who you're supposed to be. And the temptation is for you to fit into that mold because that's how they're acting like you are. And Mm -hmm. you're like, that's not who I am. Yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest things people notice about me. And being a cheerleader is probably the first thing they notice. I don't think it overshadows me as a whole because... That really Mm -hmm. is who I am, and I don't mind if it did because it is a big achievement to be proud of. I've actually gotten many comments 
asking why I'm leaving cheerleading. And I've never gotten a bad response when I told them I wanted to focus on school or I want to focus on my dietetics career. Everyone knows I had a great experience the past three years with the Rams. And if I want to move on to other dreams and goals, I actually get a lot of support. So what is diet? I don't even know how to say the word, but what, what is that? And what, what's so fascinating to you that you're willing to give up a dream that you fought so hard for? Dietetics, I guess the scientific definition of it is that it is a field of science that determines how nutrition and good eating affect our overall health. I've been studying that for the past five years. Many people think it's just being a nutritionist, but it's really much deeper where we are credentialed. We earn a bachelor's in this. And the reason why I want to pursue it is, and I guess leave cheerleading for it, is because Nutrition is something that I have always been interested in, and I truly think that I could help others achieve their goals nutritionally. And when it comes to dietetics, it's not just telling people what to eat. They're actually essential workers in the hospital. When you have a renal patient or a diabetic patient, cancer patient, they can't eat anything. You know, that's when the dietitian steps in. We're in constant contact with the doctors and the nurses. We're on the floor in the hospitals. We're in outpatient settings. We're in healthcare settings. One thing that I don't really like is that people think that it's like, oh, you're going to be like an Instagram influencer for nutrition. And it's like, no, I paid thousands (laughs) of dollars to get this education. I definitely am going to do way more with this. My dad is also diabetic so it's nice because during college I was actually able to give him Mm. some nutrition therapy and give him more advice and tips on how to improve his diabetes and even when it comes down to people with chronic illnesses that's where dietetics comes into play because I know when it comes to oh what are some sources of vitamin c like you can easily look that up on the internet When it comes to people with chronic illnesses, like you do need a health professional for that. So I do think that is something very interesting and something very rewarding. That's something I do want to do in the future, which I am going to continue more schooling for. And you just recently graduated. So congratulations on that. Thank you. You're welcome. You said earlier that you're part of like a large, at least for me, it's a large family of like four or five siblings. Did you kind of, mm-hmm. did you kind of have the role of like being the supportive cheerleader in in the family where you're helping keep the peace that kind of lead, leads itself to cheerleading and like helping your dad or is that, is that not you or? I'm just like laughing because there's, I have three brothers and one sister but I technically feel like I have four brothers because they all gang up on me. Like when you said I'm the cheerleader of the family, I'm like, if anything, I feel, I feel like not. No, they, they're. What are they ganging up on you for? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just think oh, being the eldest sister is the hardest and the eldest daughter because there's so much expectations of you and you're pretty much like the second mom. Mm. <laughs> but nah, I'm like always. I'm just always like 
their punching bag and just <laughs> the person to make fun of, I guess. But that's just what having brothers is and having a sister. But we all love each other and we're a big family. My dad is actually the youngest of 10 kids. And wow. mm-hmm. most of those kids have kids. So I have a million cousins. <laughs> it's just nice because um, that's my upbringing, just having a big family, a loving family. We're all very close. It's nice to have a very big support system. What's their view in terms of like, are they supportive of like, obviously I would assume education is important. Getting your degree is important, but would they view like cheerleading or modeling? Is that something that like you're kind of torn between? Like, I want to do this. Do I not want to do this? It's a hobby. Could it be a job? They definitely are super proud of me for my Rams career, they are even more proud of me for finishing school. Mm-hmm. So I know that as long as I can handle whatever I put myself into, like they support me 100%. I'm not really juggling between choosing between modeling or dancing or career. Like I honestly think that I can do all three if I wanted to, um, which is why I'm kind of building my Instagram. I eventually want to come out with my own product, something that has to do with nutrition. Um, Mm -hmm. When I'm more in my field and have more knowledge, I definitely think I could come up with something that many people would benefit from. And having a lot of followers is not even the biggest thing in the world, but it's nice to have because it's an audience and even potential clients, people who follow me are obviously interested in my life and what I'm doing and maybe even how I'm eating and how I'm exercising. So if I could even like make some sort of impact on that and even income, like that would be great. So right now, what are the ways that people can, if they are interested in you and they're curious about your thoughts on either dieting or public speaking, whatever questions they have for you, like if they're super shy, how did you overcome your shyness? Where, where can they find you at? Hmm. Honestly, I think people wouldn't even think to reach out to me because they don't know that I am so open and kind and welcoming. You know, like I think when people see my Instagram, it's like, oh, like, should I message her or things like that. But I hope that they listen to this podcast and see that I am actually very willing and I am down to help and talk and be more open one Instagram is my name, which is Tia Ejin, and that's pretty much just me posting my personal stuff. Right now, I just have like pictures of friends and photo shoots and some Rams photos. And then the other page is Nutritia, which is also found in my bio. That's pretty much my nutrition page where I'll be broadcasting more of like my journey and some of my nutritional knowledge I haven't been as active on it but I definitely will start posting on it more when you became a cheerleader you looked up to these other women you're like their life wasn't just partying or what seemed fun to that age group yeah what are your thoughts right now and someone who might look up to you and say well it was easy for you to do all this because you became a cheerleader. And if I could become a cheerleader, then I would have the confidence to get out of my shell or I could do all the things you did if I was you, but I'm not you. And I never can be you because it's just too hard or I don't have 
the things you have that made you a success. Did you feel that way that you were born to be, you know, whatever the definition of successful is or how, how does one go after the things they want want like cheerleading when there's a lot of obstacles that stand in their way? Oh, it's crazy. Cause I've always wanted to be able to let that be known in a way. Cause my story is really an interesting story. I'm sure there's many girls who struggle with, I mean, being shy is not even really a struggle, but it could be. And I, I've always wanted an outlet to be able to express this and talk to girls about this. So I honestly don't know how girls would Perceive be able you. to reach out to me and mm. ask me these questions other than if I were open about it, which is why I'm very grateful to do this podcast because I hope girls who, if they do see me as a role model and end up coming across this podcast, like you get to see a little bit of how I grew up. And if you kind of grew up the same way I did, everyone struggles with confidence and low self-esteem. When I auditioned for my first team and didn't make it, I didn't believe in myself at all. I went into the audition with zero confidence. I didn't think I would make it past the first round. Mm -hmm. I came in there thinking, oh my God, these girls are so much more beautiful than me. They have nicer bodies. They're more well-spoken. Their dancing is better. And then next thing you know, I make it to the final round and all these girls that I'm tripping about, they're not even there anymore. It's just all in your head and it's a mental thing. Another thing also is being okay with rejection. A lot of people who make it to the top had a lot of failures. They had a lot of rejections, but that's what made them stronger. That's another thing that could bring people down, but taking it from my experiences, I hope that could ease their mind a bit. So for you, even though it was a form of rejection, you were just glad that you got to the final round much further than you were expecting to. So in that sense, it was rejection, but yet it wasn't as bad as you thought. Yeah, like it really is a blessing because you make it far and you're like surprised. You're like, wow, I made it this far. But even though you don't make the team, you're Mm -hmm. still shocked with yourself like (laughs) Mm -hmm. dang you should have believed in yourself more like people see things in you that you don't Mm -hmm. and I think that's what many people struggle with is that we're our hardest critic Mm -hmm. even if people aren't dancers listening to this like whatever it is in life like we're our hardest critic and there's always going to be haters and there's always going to be people that don't think you can do it but low-key fuck them sorry (laughs) posting on the podcast but really like that's just that's just life like they're irrelevant and do your thing that's something I also struggle with is I always cared about what people thought and Mm -hmm. I think that um I would overthink thinking oh they're gonna think I'm weird they're gonna think I'm dumb they're gonna think I'm this and that and it's like I just let action speak for itself now. So is that one of the struggles in high school, college, or I guess really any age, is that you kind of know these are the things I enjoy or I think are cool or I understand, but they don't seem widely accepted, so therefore I'm going to keep it quiet or I'm not going to pursue it. It's like ultimately it's like it's fitting in with everyone. Is that really a good life and what you want is just to be accepted, but you're not really even sure who you are or what you want? 
this might not answer the question, but growing up in high school, I've always been very to myself. I've never been one to be boastful or flaunt anything at all. Even my outfits are so simple. I just wear a t-shirt and jeans and flip-flops like every single day. I don't care about materialistic things. I'm not that type of girl, but mm -hmm. it's crazy because even to this day, many girls, they'll think I'm, I don't want to say conceited, but I feel like many girls who I don't even know have some sort of perception on me. Mm -hmm. And this is why, another reason why I love doing this podcast is because like, if you listen to me, you know, you can see that I'm really just a simple, genuine girl of humble upbringings. So it kind of sucks that, yes, through Instagram, maybe because I post a lot of pictures of myself, but also not really. People could maybe have their own assumptions of me. And I don't know, it just sucks because growing up, I've always heard certain things about me from girls that I've never even met or girls who don't even know me and it, it just sucks because that's just I guess gossip that's been one of your challenges is learning how to filter out like helpful advice from unhelpful advice yeah I think the biggest part of growing up also is just like knowing that your circle gets smaller and smaller mm -hmm. growing up I've always wanted to be liked and I've always wanted to have a lot of friends but me having that mindset attracted the wrong people mm -hmm. and now that I'm in a mindset where I just want respectful honest genuine people in my life I my circle is very small and we all support each other and we're there for each other and I feel no type of toxicity that's really what is like helping me excel in life right now part of that you attributed earlier to when you became a cheerleader it kind of gave you a community to help you learn how to handle these opinions from people who don't even know you but yet they're so certain they know exactly who you are and it's not a good person it's also like different too because even being on rams i've never been the type who loved being in the spotlight but once i got it i felt there were many girls who judged me for it or even weren't happy for me when you see some people doing well it could make people feel a type of way and <laughs> i just think it sucks because i pray for the best in everyone i want everyone to win and i want everyone to make it to the top i hope people listening to this they could see that that's truly who i am and even when it comes to auditioning even though it's an audition is a competition you're competing for a spot, I'll always help girls out and give them advice. I've heard that described like it's a scarcity mindset that some people view it as there's only so much success to go around in the world and your success therefore negatively impacts me and you're saying you have you know, more of a growth mindset. It's easy to be humble and it's easy to say these things when you've had success. Like this is what you say as a cheerleader or this is what you're supposed to say when you win the beauty pageant. But everyone who loses knows that they would be saying those same things if they won because that's what you're supposed to say. So the, the question I have for you is, what is it that you actually enjoy in life or what makes life 
beautiful or successful to you? Is it the fact that you became a Rams cheerleader? Is it the fact that you're going to graduate and get a job? What's your definition of success or what, what's beautiful in life for you? Mm. <sighs> We're getting deep here. <laughs> um, I think what makes life beautiful is having no expectations and just being a believer. I mean, I'm religious, like I was going to say, a true believer in God's path for you. There's a lot of milestones that I hit in my life and a lot of experiences that I went through in my life that I never thought I would go through or that would ever come into my path. And it makes me who I am today. Something beautiful is that we are really, as humans, capable of doing so many things. Like our human body and our human mind is so powerful and complex that we literally could do anything that we put our mind to. That's why it's important to have goals and ambitions is because it gives you something to look forward to in life and it gives you something to work towards and gives you motivation. I would say three years ago, four years ago, my goal was to be a professional cheerleader. I put in the time, the effort, and the sweat and tears and it made my quality of life the next few years like the best ever. Now my goal is to get into an internship and excel in my dietetics career. So I'm now going to start putting in the sweat and the tears and the hard work for that. And I'm confident that it will take me somewhere. Thank you so much. And I know that you took a while off from doing podcasts, but you're really doing this out of your heart to get to know people. And I think it's really a beautiful thing that you're allowing people to share their stories. I hope that you keep doing this because I had a lot of fun and I know that this is something I'll definitely look back at many years from now and I'll be very happy and proud to hear this and see how much I've grown.